0: Hello, those that walk on two feet with ten toes. I'm Shane. Shane! Shane! Shane. Shane. And I'm your recapper, Shane. Welcome to Harken Back. Having arrived in Addersfeld amidst some unpleasant circumstances, our heroes, with the aid of a local temple leader, sussed out that a certain red wolf was up to no good. The extent of its history and potential future, however, was uncertain. The, the red wolf was son of the archfade Dalmak, and father to the fallen storm, right?
1: Uh, so there's another and- kid. Do you think... The Fallen Storm is like a metaphor, or do you think it's like an actual lineage?
0: The Fallen Storm isn't much of a moniker. It sounds more like a process. Mm -hmm. Father to the Fallen Storm. Son of the Archfey. (sighs) So Archfey Downlok, he or she or they, uh, I don't know... Uh, The only context I know of them is as part of uh, a broader collection of Archfey uh, that were, well, expelled from the land. Um, It's more of a, you know, not to be too on the nose, but more of a fairy tale than any sort of detailed history that I've read. Uh, But if that is historical fact... Then it wouldn't be too much of a speculation to think that there would be some vengeance that they wished for um, on this land.
1: So, should we be worried about Corvin Amberstone?
0: Nah, I'm sure he's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Olma, we should be worried about Corvin Amberstone. He so- had an empty casket. Uh- there was a great hulking Beast walking around in the forest. Yes, we should be worried. Uh,
1: okay, well, I only asked. I only ask because I'm just kind of confused now about next steps.
0: Meanwhile, on the other side of the city, wrapping things up with the Iron Light Collective, Flynn, accompanied by Shraya, encountered a misanthropic tiefling known to others as Zergath in pursuit of a bounty. Narrowly avoiding a confrontation, Flynn received private orders from his Ironlight superior, melaru to bring none other than his comrades, March and Olmo, in for questioning.
2: <laughs> melaru wants me to f- find them and take them here, and I don't know what they're going to what what's gonna happen to them if I do that? But it also gives me a point towards being a sentinel, and I <laughs> want to be a sentinel. So I don't know what to do. Chat. Um, what should I do? Just in like
3: number of days. How long have you known these people?
2: <laughs> a few days, a week, maybe. Okay.
3: Now, how many? How much time? And let's measure this in. Let's measure. Yeah, let's measure this in years. How many years? Have you
2: wanted to be a sentinel? M- m- more than a week.
0: Unaware of Flynn's crisis, Shrya went to get some fish from James the Fisherman's stall, only to find it abandoned with nothing but a threatening note and old fish to speak for.
2: I'm going to pick up a fish and then hang the silver pieces where the fish was hanging before.
0: As you do that, you put down
3: the, the silver pieces and you see in the wall next to where these fish are hanging. You see a knife that's been buried deep into the wall Oh! with a note hanging from the knife. There's a like a half piece of paper that's been pinned to the, the wall with a knife.
2: Well, yeah, read that.
3: On it, you see uh, scribbled in sort of a messy handwriting, Ulma and March found your friends, abandoned bakery in the slums, come alone. The team
0: rushed to James's aid.
2: Pull the note off the wall uh, and I'm going to stuff it in my little bag. And then I'm going to eat my fish. And I'm going to grab another fish and attach
0: more (laughs) silver pieces
2: because this freaked me out and I want to eat more now.
0: (laughs) Okay. The team rushed to James's aid.
3: Um, Across the street, Flynn, you uh, what kind of pastries are you getting?
2: I get
0: the same old that I always get. I get two lemon filled pastries. Well, in d and you know, there's kind of, there's a little bit of like, a, there's some wiggle. There's time, time is kind of.
2: Oh, by the way, check it out. And I'll hold my forearms up.
1: Cool. Does it cool, hurt huh? and I touch them? No. Oh,
2: They did though. Um, well done, well done. <sighs> you commission special jobs. I want to try and essentially take these and just attach them to my backpack. So it's like, I have my bow on one side and then my sword attached to the other side, left and right on on the sides of the backpack and just have them hanging there. Like that, could you do that? Is that quick, something quick you do? Yeah, I could
0: do that in two days. Two days. Our heroes headed to the abandoned bakery and through pretty much sheer luck and the grace of our DM, secured James's safety. But Olma and March had walked into the clutches of their enemies. And to prevent their capture, Shrya opted to draw first blood. The ensuing battle had more wrinkles than expected, though, as March and Olma's old pal Zergath had a bit of an identity crisis.
3: You look up, and he looks back at you, and he looks a little worried. Um, and he reaches up, and he sort of reaches for his neck. And now at this huh? point, you can see that one of these crystals no. that the one that's embedded in no. his neck is beginning to vibrate and like shake the skin around it and you can see after a moment it bursts in his neck Ugh. and the same black smoke and black wisps begin to flow out from this crystal oh, no. and they start to flow around the room and they they find its way around Zurgath's head And it makes this cloud of black smoke around his head as all of a sudden the smoke is pulled in through his nose and his mouth and his eyes. And he takes a big breath. And you hear from his mouth.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay then. While our heroes fought their hardest, the entity once known as Zergath had a power they had not
3: witnessed. As the rage then returns to its body, this tiefling now reaches up into the air, and a dull fire begins to glow around his hand. And you can see this fire builds after a second as he kneels down and plunges his hand into the ground. And it almost, it looks like it tears the fabric of reality as he plunges his hand down into the ground. It doesn't break the wooden, the wooden floor but it warps reality and opens into... You can see this this flaming uh, chasm in the ground now. Um, only about two feet wide, um, but he reaches his hand down into it and pulls forth from it this flaming maul. So that first hit is seven points of bludgeoning damage and six points of fire damage. That second hit going to be nine points of bludgeoning damage and 12 points of fire damage.
4: Uh, So I'm going to basically fall back to my knees and look up at Zergath and go, I never fucking liked you and I am unconscious on the ground.
0: But before things could go from bad to worse, another being appeared, blinded and deafened most of the team and called for Zergath and whatever being was possessing him to depart. Shaken by the close call, it was time to take a hard look at why Olma and March were being pursued. Interviewing the pair and the now tied up Kerr, Zergath's abandoned comrade, they learned that the crystal from March's shoulder and the one that had split in Zergath's neck were souvenirs of an infelicitous heist. March and Olma, as members of a Hollow Guard team, were asked to retrieve these crystals from a warehouse in Blackpool
1: what that was, but Zergath has never been able to do any of those things, ever.
4: asked you to steal them, and where did you steal them from? Er, Err tended to keep things to himself.
1: They're really bad dudes, um, but they're part of this like, thieves community. They call it Hollow Guard. Have you ever heard of it?
0: With no clear sense of direction and a feeling of distrust and worry, the party made camp in the basement of the abandoned bakery. During the watch, Flynn got a special message in the same special language tattooed on his arm. It proved to be from an old, let's call him a rival from the Iron Light Collective.
3: Um, as you sort of move out of the front door, in front of you, all of a sudden you see from above you, dropping mm. down to the ground, you see a half-orc. Um, a half-orc with a scar across his face and a chipped tooth. And as he lands on the ground, this dude is big and beefy. As he lands on the ground, you can feel the vibration in the ground. But as he makes contact, it is completely silent.
2: Hey, 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 sorry
3: call. Hello. It looks to me like you have built some sort of trust with these fugitives. So I say you lure them back to the Iron Light and we can ambush them. How does that sound? I, um,
0: no. What do you mean, no?
2: They're my friends.
0: Nervous and conflicted, Flynn kept his conversation with Zorkal to himself. How did the outside look? Did you you see anything?
2: Uh, no. Uh, no. No, I, uh, don't go in the corner, though. I peed over there.
0: You, you peed inside the building. Yeah, I didn't want to go outside. I
2: didn't want to, like... Oh.
0: But after pulling on a series of loose threads, Kellogg decided something was up. Flynn was lying. Is that is there a saving throw corresponded with Zone of Truth? Uh, there is. That's true. Oh,
2: uh, what do I charisma need? charisma
0: 14 saving throw. <laughs> a
2: tube. <two. laughs> <laughs> there is someone else uh, tracking Alma and... March. Right. And um, he he was upstairs. Um
0: And he wrote this message here?
2: Yeah, it says come up.
0: Why didn't you tell me we could be in danger right now? Fretting in a wet, stinky basement, wary of friends and enemies, and humbled by their defeat at the hands of Zergath, Kelly turned to a higher or lower power for guidance. Not the cantrip, but like like guide, guide, like like advice And uh, as I do that And as the, the ashes like dust up Around my hand as I've, I've smacked it down I will whisper Quidotram in the tomb And cast Augury I don't know much about you But maybe you can just tell me Something of what's to come If we go to the Iron Light Will they help us Will the outcome be good we you look down at these embers
3: and they sort of begin to to glow this this deep ember as if they're like sustaining themselves they're not being put out or anything but they're they're perfectly sustaining themselves um and uh they're not dying and they're not bursting into an actual flame um staying as embers you take this to mean um that this is a
0: good outcome. Kellogg's ashes and whatever force lay behind them pointed him to the Iron Light Collective. Not only did Meliru Cardinal give them the pardon they had hoped for, but she also elucidated them on the true nature of the crystals.
3: You are sort of correct with possession, um, though possession usually, um, means that it is of a creature not from this plane or, um, some sort of other entity. Um, these are, uh, what, what would be the equivalent of uh, prison crystals?
1: Do you think all crystals have prisons in them? Like, do you think your crystal, and I start looking at his pink crystal on his um, staff, you think your crystal has people in it?
5: There are all sorts of powers crystals can possess. This one, in particular, came to me in a moment where I felt very lost, and now it's unfixed to the end of my staff. <laughs>
0: Mellaru tasked Flynn with seeking out these crystals, and the rest of the party, for their own reasons, opted in. The fastest route, they learned, would be to head back along the river. Back through Coldcrest. But first, Flynn had to get his, like, backpack thing with the, like, side holsters. It's like a, it's like a backpack, but with, it's like the water bottle pocket on the side of your back. It took a day. In the meantime, they shopped for magical trinkets, inspected a burned out building, and danced around an encounter with some of Kellick's unfinished business.
3: Um, you immediately recognized this as Ka'a Malcolm. And then I said to him, No, let her light shine upon you! And then the other two on either side of me, oh, <laughs> oh, "Oh,
4: Oh! Why don't they want you in Adder's Fault,
0: Because the starlight doesn't shine on everyone. And it certainly doesn't shine on me.
4: You're very good at cryptic.
0: That's all I'll say on the matter, March. All
4: right, look, you're saying that these people, you're saying that if if any of us are found with you, you, you're saying that this could involve death. Is that correct?
0: I don't know what they're capable of. James never answered their follow-up visit and a note left by Oma. So they ate some delicious pastries, meditated by the fire in the local inn, played pranks, read books, and told stories. In the morning, they left to return to Coldcrest, Hoping to slip by undiscovered. But on the horizon was a great battle on this, the border of Ondale and Kaldor. Our heroes briefly considered their options. This is Warholm. You want us
4: to go in there? We can't leave these people. Why not? Because when we left, everything. This is not what was happening when we left.
1: I just don't see what I could do. I'm not a
4: soldier.
5: The young one has a point. I, for one, am no fan of taking part in the squabbles of the yeah, civilizations in this world. Kelly, isn't your isn't your friend
0: there? He's Darnin'. my friend, Flynn. Don't you want to help him? But it's a it's a war. It, this is this is the nature of it. When I was stationed at Coldcrest, it it was understood that we we are in danger. This is this is the war front.
5: So let them fight it. Let them fight amongst themselves. When the dust settles. Nature will take its course. The land will heal. Well, what happens if they take this spot, Trya, and then they go into the Shattered Timberlands
2: and take the spot that you grew up? They kill Farlane. They take
5: over that camp. What? And then they go to Addersfeld, and they do the same. What interest would these bickering civilizations have in going into unkempt wilderness? The wilderness shall
0: always... Trya, that wilderness is capped by Eldoria. The papal hair, and I I gesture broadly to the, the ships. They don't want those woods to belong to Eldoria.
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Olma and just say, these people helped to save us. We can't we can't leave them.
0: A headstrong Flynn and guilt stricken March, with the inclusion of Kellogg's friend from work, Jarnan, won out, and the team joined in on the fight, on the beach beset by cannons.
3: Um, we're gonna we're gonna blow up the path up here if we can uh, get these explosives in line. Oh okay,
0: I will look at I will look over to Flynn like, okay, there's
2: that's an idea.
0: Our heroes are nothing if not diverse in interests. however, Kellic adopted prevention tactics and healing arts. Olma put out the flames of a nearby building and began to pull a body from the wreck. March waded into melee combat in a flurry of javelins and command words. Shria diverted cannon operators and blew the ship's sails off course. And Flynn, well, Flynn threw a blast charge onto the deck of the enemy ship.
2: Uh, hey, hey March! I I I dodged two cannon shots and there's a there's a there's a explosive on the on the ramp. <laughs> oh hey, you're fighting people. Okay, and I bonus action some of my sword.
3: Okay, nice. you now have your sword in your hand. Um as you're explaining that, <laughs> you hear behind you.
1: <laughs>
2: Here we go.
3: A
0: huge explosive
1: oh <laughs> oh. yeah, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> with the battle won, but their hearts still in conflict the team had to reconcile the significance of their presence on the warfront with their actual goals.
1: Hey, Flynn? Yeah? What makes you think that you blew up the right enemy?
2: They're trying to force people to do stuff, regardless of what they think. And I don't know if I have all the right answers, but, well, I kind of just made a decision. I know I know, Jarnan, I know Kellic, and they're my friends. I know I don't know them for that long, but... If this is the side they're fighting for, and this is the side that I know more...
1: Calix said he didn't have a side. I think he does. I just... Isn't there a world in which they feel like you're forcing them to believe your way? Isn't there a world where both sides feel the same way? Possible. And that they have a Flynn over there, and their Flynn... Also goes on suicide missions and also thinks that he's doing the right thing and he has a family.
2: Yeah, that's probable. I felt like I was making the right decision to save the people that I cared about at that moment.
1: But how do you feel about the people who aren't alive? The enemy? The people who aren't alive?
5: Sometimes you just gotta go with your gut.
1: I don't like your gut.
5: I myself have never had goodwill toward those of the dwarven race. But since I was a very young, tiny, probably fit in the palm of one of your hands, the dwarves have done nothing but mutilate the mountainsides of my ancestral home. I acted, perhaps a little rashly, and only considered my associations with my past, and how I took action against them. However, I understand that More often than not, there are other purposes at play. And... uh, (laughs) People who were raised differently can fight for any cause they believe in. Perhaps that's something we can consider before we jump into the fray the next
4: time. I do agree and disagree on both sides. I was once a soldier before, rather, you know, in that area. I didn't care for it. I don't appreciate the politics involved. But if there are people that someone has met or known that need to be helped, then if it's the right thing to do, then you got to do the right thing to do. And in the moment, it seemed the right thing to do.
0: Here's how I see things. The war is happening, and we can't stop that. We can't Make Kaldor and Andel again, and Baldir, agree uh, on anything. But my goal remains save as much life as possible. Resolute in their instinct that these beings, once trapped in these crystals, were a simpler evil to pursue, the team crossed into Kaldor and hoofed it to Blackpool. The ruins of the warehouse Ulma definitely blew up were picked clean. But as the party sifted through the rubble, Flynn turned to the aid of an old dwarven man who turned out to be a fortune teller.
3: Ah, yes, your parents. Um, Nora and Bodry, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. What? Yeah, how do you
2: know their names? I know uh, a lot of people. How's Kaylin doing? Um, my friend from, well, I mean, you know she's from the Iron Light, but yeah, I didn't see her the last time I went to the castle and i'm curious if she's doing okay
3: i can see the concern in your eyes um i know that uh, she is uh, on her way back to the iron knight right now oh. um she actually um as we speak is holding the head of a manticore of- and is on her way back to the iron knight
2: man that's so cool she uh, of course she is she's so good at this and of course her mom's going to be super proud about it, but, you know. Oh, of course. I'm going to go check up with my friends, see if they found anything. Not that they're looking for anything or anything, but, you know. Oh, of course they're know. not looking for anything.
3: And he gives you another wink.
2: Do you know? Nah, never mind. All right. Well, I'll see you around.
3: I, I do know. I shouldn't say, but I do. I do know. <laughs> you should check at the tavern down the street.
0: With some semblance of a clue, Flynn departed happily. Kellek, however, had a decidedly different encounter with the mystic. And you just hear, beyond this
3: this fog, um, you hear a voice that says, Uh, um, Kellek, I would appreciate you stepping out of my home. And you feel this sort of shift in gravity as you're not walking, but your entire body is pushed out of... This home into the doorway, and your feet like slide across the wooden floor as you are now um, standing outside on the porch once more.
0: I'll stand in nobis. I light my my bandage up on my arm, and I'll try to hold it to the to the fog um, to the shroud.
3: You you cast that spell and um, you feel a gust of wind emanate from um, inside the house and your, the, the arm that just lit up is completely extinguished and you hear a booming voice from inside of the house and it says, That magic has no
5: place here.
3: Who are you, old man? What is this? Your welcome has been worn out. And he snaps his fingers and the door to the home Shuts. I'll have answers from you!
0: The door slams in your face. Spooky! Following the dwarf's advice and dodging a pair of hollow guard scallywags, they headed to the nearest inn and met Angela, a local barkeep whose two sons had also become adventurers. Through her equally questionable cooking and business sense, the party acquired a map to a second warehouse and a good night's rest. They departed in the morning down the road Angela had indicated. The problem was, the road quickly dissipated into deep, muddy swampland. Slogging through the muck and spotting a hooded creeper off in the distance, the gang came upon a magic staff encircled by glowing rings. The rings descended into the mud, coercing its goopy state into more rigid forms those of the varied loved ones of our heroes. One of them took the shape of Farlane to torment Shreya, another, a drow woman, which probably has something to do with Kellogg. For Ulma, an old human man. Flynn, a relative of Melarue Cardinal, and for March, her spitting image, but many years younger. As these
3: forms solidify in the mud, they begin to lunge towards you, and I'm going to have you guys all roll initiative.
0: Oh, 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 man. oh, boy. Assessing that these beings were not to be talked down, our heroes set to work. Olma and Triad let loose fiery might. March saundered the earth with her hammer, and Kellick and Flynn worked out a little halfling juggernaut routine.
3: Next up, Kellic.
0: So DM, (laughs) (laughs) the spell creator destroy water says uh, 10 gallons of water in an open container within range. I was hoping you did not have this spell prepared. Um, Can I?
3: Yeah, go ahead and do it.
0: <laughs>
3: so, um, as you see, all of the moisture is just pulled and zapped out of them. They sort of shrink in size a little bit. And the um, their, their exterior just becomes completely hardened and withered. Um, they have the... Uh, pretty much they're they're incapacitated for the next round um, they cannot do anything nice. and uh, their AC has been reduced to zero so I'm going to move
2: down like I'm going to take a five feet back and then I'm just going to basically run at this one and try and push it into the other one to make them collide and hopefully break I don't know what okay. you want me to roll for that <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm
3: going to have you roll an athletics check
2: yay I have a negative to that <laughs>
5: Natural 20. What? Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh man!
3: Natural 20. So you <laughs> you take a stance, you sort of, you dig your back foot in and you get your arms ready and you push off and you sprint and you shoulder check right into this first uh, mud creature. It doesn't even react as it shatters like glass. Yes. And as you push through, the first one was a lot easier than you think. Yeah. Like that, that was pretty easy to get through. <laughs> And you sort of trip and as you realize, oh, you're still going. <laughs> and you crash right into the second one as both of them are completely obliterated. Yeah. Oh the second one is going to take a swing at Shrya. Since
5: it's oh, right no. There. Oh, boy. Hilduria, give me strength.
3: That's a 21 to hit.
5: Oh, no. Yeah, that hits.
3: That is going to be four points of bludgeoning damage.
5: Uh, that... That takes me down to one hit point.
0: Banged and bruised by the fictal fists of their bespattered bushwhackers, the adventurers approached the hooded figure that had been watching from afar. Was it a healer? An ally? A lost farlane wandering in the wastes? No. It was yet another threat. A smooth-talking half-orc in pursuit of the bounty on our heroes, and the residence of the crystals in their possession.
3: Huh. I, I'm sorry, I have been very rude. My name is Dreck. Drek. Um, I believe I know who all of you are. Um, please make, make yourselves comfortable. I, that must have been a a terrible fight. We're fine. Must have taken a lot out of it. We're you.
4: fine, track.
3: Um, My question to you is basically whether you would prefer to be returned to Hollow God, dead or alive. And I believe at this point... Um, that offer extends to the drow, the halfling, and the Aarakocra at this point as well.
0: But unlike his sodden, earthy counterparts, this threat was eager to share. If you weren't, you know, much of a team to begin with, why, uh, why such lengths to retrieve them?
3: Well, I have been told that some of the members of my crew, um, were very valuable to sort of a a religious sect up north... I, I don't know they who they were, but they uh were sort of seemed to be in a cult of some sort. Uh, they were um, always praying and talking about uh, the end of times and and the starting of, of new things and and a rebirth, and and they just kept chanting about uh, red wolves and things of that sort. And that's where we're gonna
0: end today's session.
1: Oh, Oh Red.
3: We're going to call
0: Wolf? it right there.
1: What? what
0: What? connection lies between the Red Wolf and the prison crystals? How did a staff in the swamp sort out the most painful effigies for our heroes to confront? Will they live to find out? Or will they get super-duper murdered by this gentleman bounty hunter? Find out next time on Venture Forth.